This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. The title of my sermon today is Forgiveness and Healing, the two covenant blessings that we as Christians can walk in. Amen? And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm ministering on really this subject. We minister on healing once a month because I think that, that we need to hear faith on, on healing because constantly, I don't know about you, but I, I seem to get attacked every once in a while on my health. Anybody out there getting attacked in your health? Anybody have any mortal bodies out here? Amen. If you if you you got a mortal body, that means it's subject to the elements of this world. And uh, but I really believe, you know, you know, healing is the children's bread. And that's what we're believing God for. But I want you to believe God for the next level. Look at your neighbor and say the next level. And the next level is divine health. So that means you don't have to get healed. You just walk it like Jesus. Jesus was never sick a day in his life. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm going to say this to you today. I believe that we can walk in divine health. But until then, I'll take a healing. I'll take a healing. Amen. I'll receive some healing. And, uh, and so we got to get a revelation of this covenant of love. I mean, we are in a covenant of love. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in a covenant of love. Amen. And that covenant is based on the, the showcase or the centerpiece of, of God's love is forgiveness. Amen. And also, his showcase is healing. Forgiveness and healing. And I'm going to show you today how both of these blessings work hand in hand in our lives. Now, let's look at a great scripture this morning. And, and because healing, it, it, it didn't start with Jesus. It started back in the old covenant. Because God had provision for healing in the old covenant. I'm going to say this to you today. God is the same. Yesterday, today, forever. If he healed in the old covenant, he's healing in the new covenant. Amen. And so in Exodus 15, 26, have you found it yet? Just, just look at the screens. Hopefully we'll have it up there. It says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statues. Let me stop there. You could say, that's a tall order, Pastor. <laughs> Who can do all that? Well, 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 they had just to follow God's word, his Ten Commandments. And, but they also had a sacrifice system also that would take care of any sins that they missed. So the, so the sacrifice system was in, in place where they killed animals to cover their sins. But, but here, what, what he's saying here, he's saying endeavor. What he's saying to the Israelites is to endeavor to walk pleasing to God every day. And I'm going to say this to you this morning, that you, if you endeavor to walk pleasing to God every day, 
you're going to walk in more health. Somebody say, I'm a God pleaser. Amen. And so, and so we need to endeavor to do that. Then he says, I will put none of your diseases on you, which I brought upon the Egyptians. And so here, really, that word, uh, it really means he will, not, uh, he will not allow any of the diseases that he allowed on the Egyptians. The way it, it was translated, um, it's, it was in a causative sense instead of the permissive sense. And it says here, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's his covenant name. God is the God that heals us. And so the, the Hebrew name, does anybody know what the Hebrew name is? Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that healeth us. And so God's condition for the Israelites was just to obey, you know, God's word, amen, and, and, and listen to his voice. And so, so if, if, if we do the same thing, if we... Just um, if we're going to walk in divine health, if we if we learn how to walk in God's love. Now, now there's two keys I want to focus on this morning. I want to focus on God's love for us and his forgiveness and healing for us. But also, once we're walking in this, we have to we have to extend forgiveness and love to others. Can I get a witness? So when God when we get a revelation that God forgives us. It should prompt us to walk in love and forgiveness to others. So, so, so if we receive God's forgiveness and healing ourselves, then we'll learn how to extend God's love and forgiveness to others. And so you see, God is the reason why, the reason why God heals us and forgives us is not just to display his power, but it's to display his love. And so we got to get a revelation of that. Jesus did not heal people to prove his divinity down here on earth. He healed people to reveal God's love. Some people think, well, Jesus went around healing and he, he healed people because he wanted to prove to people down here that he was the son of God. Are you listening to me today? But he didn't heal people to prove that he was the Son of God. He healed people to display God's love. Because if he did come down here to, to prove that he was divine by healing people, then in his own hometown, in Mark 6, 5, said that he could not do many miracles because of their unbelief. It was in his hometown where he was trying to do some miracles there. And he couldn't do any miracles. Why? Because the people, uh, they, they just wouldn't believe. And the Bible said that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. So what can nullify God's power of healing in our life? Unbelief. Somebody say, I'm a believing believer. Amen. Let's look at a passage here that reveals God's love because... We got to get a revelation that God is not the just he is the judge of the world. Amen. God is judge. He's a great judge. But 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 he's more than that. He's the great deliverer. And he's more. I would have to say that he's more of a deliverer, delivering God than a judging God. 
Can I get a witness in the house today? He delights in delivering and setting us free more than he, he doesn't even delight. He doesn't even like to judge. You know, God doesn't take delight in judging people. The Bible says that God doesn't even take delight in, in people going to hell. It, it does not delight God. God that does not, it, I really believe it grieves the heart of God for people to miss heaven and go to hell. Do you believe that today? And it should grieve our hearts too. We, we should have a desire to reach people for the kingdom of God. Amen. And so in Psalms 145, it says the Lord is gracious, uh, 8 through 10, full of compassion. So the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. I love that. When I read that, I see that God is slow to anger. That means that God will give us plenty of time if we're in some areas of making mistakes in our life. He will give us plenty of time to turn back around. He will give us plenty of time. I'm going to say this to you this morning. There are U-turns in God. Now, I used to live in Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, there's no U-turns in Oklahoma. There's no signs that says no U-turn. You just can't do it. But but thank God that heaven's not Oklahoma. Thank God, amen, that we can have U-turns. Do you know you can have do-overs? You know you can have a do-over in God. And so we got to understand this. And I love this scripture here that says here that he's slow to anger and great in mercy. And he says his tender mercies are over all his works. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm saying this to you today. His tender mercies are over you today. Somebody say this out loud. God's tender mercies are on my life. You get a revelation of that. Get a revelation of God's tender mercies. No matter what you're dealing with in this life. No matter what the devil is throwing at you. No matter what sickness you're battling. God's tender mercies. Oh, somebody help me preach this. God's tender mercies. Woo. But I I messed up. His tender mercies. But I haven't lived my life that great. His tender mercies. But I failed so much. His tender mercies. But I didn't raise my kids the way I should have. His tender mercies. Get a revelation of his tender mercies. Is over me. Somebody say that. His tender mercies are over me. Now let's look at. Let's, let's just look. At, let's, let's go. I mean I could stop right there. We could have dinner. Glory to God. Let's just stop right now. Oh, my Lord Jesus. If you just can meditate on that. Oh, my Lord Jesus. No matter what the devil's throwing at you, you will never have a down day. Why? Because his tender mercies, his tender mercies are over your life. And he says, the Lord Lord upholds all who fall. Think about that. In verse 14, the Lord upholds all who fall 
and raises up all who are bowed down. Think about that. The eyes of the Lord ex- uh, look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. Notice it says here, gracious in all his works. Now his tender mercies are over all his works and, his, and he's gracious on all his works. That means his grace is upon us. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. Has anybody called on the Lord lately? He's near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill, notice this, underline this, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Another word for save is heal. He will hear you, your cry and he will heal you. Amen. He will give you your desire. What's your desire? Your desire is to be prosperous in God. It's to prosper in an every area of your life. God wants you prospering. That's why in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And have it what? More abundantly. You see, Jesus did not come to bring a religion. He, bring, he came to bring us life. Abundant life. Somebody say, I'm walking in it. Shh. I'm getting excited. James, I'm getting excited. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Abundant life. God desires to heal us not to demonstrate his power but to demonstrate his love. God is powerful. And I believe he wants to be known more for his love than for his power. Now let's look at a scripture that combines God's love and his forgiving power. And we're very familiar with this. But, and I read this quite often when I'm ministering on healing. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and not just by having heard. So what does that mean? That means you have to consistently put the truth of God's word in you to keep it alive in you. I know some people that, that, they, that they, they think they have enough word. They don't come to church and they, they think they have enough word that, to keep them going, that, that they've learned enough. They know the faith basics. They, they, they know everything. They're walking in the light. And, but, but, they, but they don't need church. You need church. We need one another. we got to come together and encourage one another and strengthen one another. And sometimes in church you can get healed. You miss church, you might miss your entire life. And you never know, Jesus might show up to take us home. And if you're not in church, where are you? At the beach? Amen. Glory to God. No, no, church, just give God a little bit of time. Amen. Remember Jesus said, could you not wait for me one hour? Could you not pray and wait with me for one hour? Can we just give God an hour? Glory to God. And you say, well, it's more than an hour on Sunday morning. Well, can you give him a little bit more than an hour? 
Glory to God. Let's look at Psalms 103. It says here, verse 1 through 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Why would the psalmist tell us not to forget His benefits? Because when we're under attack, and when the enemy's throwing everything at us, and we're fighting symptoms, we start to forget the promises of God's Word. Am I talking to anybody today? Have you ever, like, you're just, you're so focused on the attack, you forget that the Word of God is there waiting for you. Remember Peter, when he was walking on the water, and he was walking toward, Jesus wasn't even too far from him. And remember, Jesus bid him to come up, come out on the water. Jesus was walking on the water. Peter got off that boat, walked on the water. But what happened? He started focusing more on the waves and the winds of life. And Jesus was right in front of him. But the waves and the winds, see the word of God, the Bible could be in your lap. I could be preaching it to you, but you could still be meditating on your problems even as you sit there right now. And your problems become bigger than the promise. And we gotta we gotta flip the script. Amen. We gotta make sure the promise is greater than the problem. And I gotta say this to you today. It doesn't matter how big your Goliath is. Your Goliath is going down. Can I get a witness in the house today? What's the old saying? The bigger they are, they are the harder they fall. Amen. And you know what? I'm telling you, the bigger the problems are, the harder they fall. No, nothing's too big for God. Amen. And so he says here, do not forget his benefits because we can forget. It says, who forgives some of your iniquities. Oh, thank you so much. Amen. Who forgives all of your iniquities. Who heals some of your, all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with, there we go again, he, we, we, with loving kindness and tender mercies. There's those tender mercies again. Remember, his tender mercies are over all his works. His, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies you, mouth, with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Somebody say, my mouth is satisfied. With good things. What does that mean? That means if you're speaking the word of God out of your mouth, nothing's, everything's good that comes from God's word. Amen. And so we're, that, that he satisfies our mouth with good things. Like I say, the answer to your problem is right under your nose. I've said that before. Your mouth. Glory to God. And so these scriptures reveal the power of God's forgiveness. Notice that he forgives our iniquities and he heals are diseases. So, so forgiveness and healing go hand in hand. And then I, I have to read the, the, down from 8 to 13. I'm not going to read this whole psalm, but I had to read this because it really just got me excited last night when I was meditating on it. It says, The Lord is merciful 
and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Notice that. Notice that. That just tells you how loving and kind is. That means that you can go a long time doing the wrong things and God's grace will stay on you to a point until you get back to him. Amen. That as long as you got people praying for you. Glory to God. Keep praying for your children because they can only go so far out and God's going to reel them back in. Because they're going to come to the end of themselves. And when they do, they're going to say, Mom, Dad, I was wrong. God's right. I got to get back in church. Amen. And you're going to be like, praise Jesus. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Think about that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has moved our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord has pitied those who fear him, glory to God. As you can see that he, he wants our sins to be as far as the east is from the west. That means they never meet. Glory to God. Why? Because God desires relationship, fellowship, more than just disciplining us and trying to make us do something for him. He wants us to fellowship with him. Because eternal life is knowing Jesus, his son, and knowing the father. That's what eternal life is. It's more than just living forever. It's having a relationship with God. You don't have religion today. You have relationship. Say, I have relationship. So, 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 so we got, now let's look at this. Jesus paid this sacrificial price for us to have relationship. Relationship has to, first of all, the barrier of sin, the wall of sin separated man from God. And so forgiveness removes the wall of sin. Isn't that awesome? So it, so the forgiveness removes it so that we can have Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship with the Father. Now let's look at this because I can't talk about healing without looking at Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. For this is a messianic scripture that that shows you what Jesus has done for us. This could actually be an Easter message this morning. Amen. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I love that. And so when you see this, so we got healing there. But it says he carried our sorrows and uh, he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Well, in the Hebrew... Griefs and sorrows is also translated sicknesses and diseases. He bore our sicknesses and carried our, or our pains. And so, so, so I love what it says in the Amplified. It really amplifies it out. 
It shows what Jesus did. Is that surely he had bore our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as it was with leprosy, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities, the chastisement needed to obtain peace. Focus on that. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So not only did Jesus forgave us, drop down that burial wall of sin, not only did he forgive, but he healed us. But not only did he heal us, he gave us peace. And I'm telling you, if you're walking in peace today, if you're learning to cast your cares on the Lord, it's going to be hard for the devil to attack your life. Amen. 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 And so, so the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, brings peace. So the sacrifice you paid gives us the power to walk in that abundant life. In the Old Testament, the Israelites uh, had priests that sacrificed animals to cover their sins to keep God's covenant blessing on them. And in Hebrews, it talks about this in Hebrews 10. I'm just going to read a little bit about this. Is it okay to go a little deeper this morning? Okay, and and Hebrews is kind of deep. And it says, every priest stands, talking about the priest that would sacrifice animals. If you sin, you went to a priest, you brought an animal. They would sacrifice that animal. It would cover your sin. And then you go, you can go, you can leave there justified amen and it says here every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins notice that which can never take away sins but but this man after he has offered one sacrifice of sins talking about jesus forever sat down at the right hand of god from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool that's powerful that's the same thing with us. Your enemies is sickness. And, and, and there's a process in time where your enemy's sickness and disease will be made your footstool. And it says, by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That's us. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us after he had said this before. This is the covenant that I'll make with them in those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts and their minds. I'll write them. uh, I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their laws deeds. I'll remember no more. Now where there is remission, uh, there is these, there is no longer an offering for sin. So we see here that Jesus was the final sacrifice. He's the final sin sacrifice. And his sin sacrifice sanctifies us. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I notice it says here, so that he will remember our sins no more. Oh, that's powerful. What is that saying? That's saying when you ask God to forgive you of a sin that you've committed, and maybe you committed that sin many times. Well, if you keep asking God's forgiveness, and, and, the, and God only remembers you doing it once. And then once you forgive, then he doesn't remember it anymore. So if you sin another time in that same area, it's the first time in God's eyes. Oh, I'm preaching. 
I'm preaching to somebody because some of us will say, man, I've been sinning in this area for so long in my life. But have you been repenting? Have you been trying to stop? Have you been confessing your sins to God? Then, then, then all those times in the past are wiped away. Glory to God. Amen. So as, as, as if you've never sinned. That's what justified means. Just as if you've never sinned. See, what happens is when we get attacked in our body, we might get some sickness. We start thinking, what we did wrong? What did we do wrong? (laughs) Where am I I missing it at, God? You might not be missing it. It might be just a random attack from the devil. But, But the main thing that we need to check, if we find sickness coming to us, we might want to check our love walk. We want to make sure that we're walking in love towards God. All right. Well, how do you walk in love towards God? The only way you walk in love towards God is through obedience to God. What? Yeah, it's obeying God. That's shown that you love God. When you obey God, that shows you love God. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And, and so, and so, so, so we, we, we check and see if we're in the faith. How do you know if you're in faith? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in love towards God? Are you trying to please him? Every day, are you trying to walk pleasing before him? And are you loving people? Can I get a witness in the house today? Are you, are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you, are you loving them? Amen? And so, and so we, if we're going to walk in that, that healing, uh, and we got to get the revelation, uh, we got to get the condemnation off of our life. Amen? We can't be thinking, well, because I haven't lived right, I've been... I've been doing some wrong things. I deserve this sickness. You can't be thinking like that and receive healing. Well, you know, I deserve to be walking in this because I just haven't lived my life right and I haven't done. No, you don't deserve it. Jesus paid the price for it. God's mercies are over your life. Can I get a witness today? Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to. You don't have to deserve it. You just received that sin sacrifice that Jesus paid for. Condemnation means to pronounce guilty. And I'm going to say this to you today. If you're in Christ and you're walking in the light of Christ, that means that you're judging yourself, examining yourself, making sure that you're walking in truth, that you're not walking in sin, uh, that you're trying to avoid it at least. I believe the blood of Jesus is working in your life. Amen. Amen. And you are an innocent man. Billy Joel had a song. I am an innocent man. I wish I could sing it. That's what I am. <laughs> an innocent man. So I got my sister-in-law going, please, Pastor. He, she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I thank God. I'm not a singer, but I always wanted to be one. In heaven, ho- hopefully. And, um, and, so, and so I'm going to say this. Look at your neighbor and say, you're innocent. So Jesus' sacrifice removes the guilt from us as we receive it. I remember I missed it one time and I sinned and I asked God's forgiveness. But the devil kept saying, no, God can't overlook this one. This is too bad. And I just felt remorse and I felt, oh, my God, could God ever do this? And then God directed me to Romans 8. And, and so I read Romans 8, 1. And this is a, a, a powerful. It says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God, we can stop right there. 
Therefore, there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was to the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in a likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what is he saying? He's saying that if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. No condemnation for those that walk in the light. Glory to God. Jesus was motivated by love to heal people. He was motivated by compassion. In Matthew 14, 14, it says, And when Jesus went out, he saw great multitudes, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Our Savior is a compassionate Savior. Amen. And, and I like what it says in Matthew 8, 1 and 3. It says, when he came down from the mountains, talking about Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, why did the multitudes follow Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? Because he was a compassionate person. He walked in love. He healed and delivered and set people free. And I'm telling you, your love will draw people to you. The love of God that we walk in will cause us to be a magnet for the lost to come to us. Can I get a witness in the house today? And he said, behold, a leper came to worship him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand, touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Look at this. This is amazing to me, that this man was a leper. In that day, they were, they were segregated. They, they couldn't mix around the regular public, and they weren't even supposed to be touched. But the, our compassionate Jesus reached out and touched him and healed his leprosy and said, it's my will for you to be healed. The compassion of God will reach down to us in our plights, no matter how sick we are, He will reach down, He will touch us, and He will heal us because He's a compassionate God. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm going to say this today, even today while you're sitting here, you are receiving a healing. You may not even be aware of it right now. I love this when it says in Mark 2, 1 and 12, it says here, uh, again, he entered into Capernaum in some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. This is talking about Jesus. He was in the house. I believe it was Jesus' house. Uh, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Think about this. You know, think about this. Jesus is having a house meeting. It's so crowded. They can't get in uh, this. I'm going to say this. If you're dealing with any kind of sickness or problem, you better get some crazy friends that's going to help you. And he had four crazy, and this guy had four crazy friends that said, let's, 
Hey, we can't get in through the front door. We'll get in through the roof. These people were like, I mean, this would have been on YouTube. This would have, I'm telling you that, man, people tearing up somebody's house to drop them down. Glory to God. Somebody, that would be great. This place would be so full. Somebody tearing up our roof to drop somebody down to get healed on Healing Sunday. That would be amazing. Glory to God. And so, and so they, they had faith. They believed. And they, and they tore up Jesus' roof. And Jesus didn't even get upset about it. And the first thing Jesus said, because they tore up his roof and they, should, and they needed repentance, he said, I, uh, you're forgiven. <laughs> you're forgiven for tearing up my roof. No, no, no. Now, Jesus said to the man, when they dropped him down, he said, your son, son your sins are forgiven. <laughs> Amen. And, and, why, and why? Why would he do that? Because you've got to first be released from condemnation before you can receive God's blessings. And then, of course, then Jesus said, to prove to you, of course, the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees are sitting around thinking in their minds, who can forgive sin but God alone? And Jesus heard their thoughts. And he said, what is, is it harder to say your sins are forgiven or to say be healed and rise and walk. And he said, just to prove to you that I can forgive sins. Think about this. Jesus can forgive sins. He said, just to prove to you that I can forgive sins. He said to the man that was a, take up your pallet and walk. And that man that was a paralytic got up, took up his pallet and walked right out of there. Jesus is a forgiving Jesus. We serve a forgiven Jesus. And I love this story here in John 8, 2 and 11, where, where, where Jesus can forgive you and he can set you free from any bondage of sin. It was lady caught in adultery. And I'm not going to read this account, but, but, but Jesus was, was ministering. He was sitting down. He was ministering. That's why I like to sit because Jesus sat when he ministered at times. And, uh, and, and then they threw a lady in front of him and said, Lord, this lady was caught in the very act of adultery. And then Jesus kind of looks at them. and He doesn't even look at them. He just goes down. He writes on the ground, acts almost as if he doesn't listen to what they said. And then they press Jesus. This lady was caught in the act of adultery. And the law says for her to be stoned. And then Jesus gets up, looks at every person there and says, He that has no sin casts the first stone. And then from the oldest to the youngest, they took their stones because if any one of them would have cast a stone at her, they would have been stoned for, for declaring that they were perfect. Amen. Right? So they didn't want to be stoned you know, after her. So they all said, oh man, what did he do? He used the law against them. And they, from, the, from the eldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones. Glory to God. And Jesus looked at her and said, where are your accusers? And she looked around and she said, none, Lord. And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. See, I'm going to say this, that God's forgiven power gives you the power to walk out of sin. 
when you realize that His forgiving power can, can set you free from the bondage of judgment in your life, glory to God, that should give you the liberty to walk out of your sin. And then we know that one of the greatest uh, stories of God's love is the prodigal son. And we know the prodigal son is a story that Jesus talks about, a father that has two sons. And the one son, the younger son said, give me my inheritance before you die. Boy, that's, that's pretty bold. And, and the father divvy up his inheritance for both sons. And, gave, and that one son went out, moved away, went out partying. He partied all that money away. Ended up, in a, ended up spending all his money, ended up in famine, ended up in a pigsty. Whenever we get away from God, we'll end up in a pigsty. And he was eating the cobs that, 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 was, that, was, that was in the pigsty, and he came to himself. Some of us have to come to ourselves. Some of us have to come to a point where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, where we're done with sickness, where we're done with sin, where we're done with these things that are dragging our souls down. And we got to come to a point in our lives where, listen, when everything looks down, there's only one way to look, and that's up. And when you're down in your life, and you're at the lowest point in your life, God can, there's nothing so deep, no pit so low that God's arm is not too short that he can't reach down in your pit and draw you out. And so what did that, that boy said? He said, I, there, there's people that my, my father's servants are treated better than this. I will go and I will not even be considered to be called a son. And I will ask forgiveness and I'll be like a hired hand. And so when he started walking towards his father, uh, the love of the father ran towards him and hugged him and loved on him, gave him a coat of righteousness, a ring of authority, put shoes on his feet, put him back in his original state. You see, see, Adam and Eve fell and they fell from God and they lost their dominion. They lost their power. They lost their authority. But Jesus got it back for us. Can I get a witness in the house today? And all we have to do is look toward to Jesus. All we have to do is draw on his unchanging hand. And then when we receive his love, we got to learn to walk in love towards those. If there's people that have hurt you, you got to let it go. If there's people that have done you wrong, you need to pray for them. The Bible says pray for those who despitefully use you. Let me just read this. I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, turn the other. From him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from him who takes away uh, you, good, do not hold back. Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. And you say, Pastor, that's a hard set of words to, to live by. But I'm going to say this. You can live by them. How? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. 
And you have the ability to love like Jesus. And all you have to do is cultivate that love. Walk in love and forgiveness. And you won't be very far from the healing power of God to permeate your lives today and forever. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father, that you are a merciful, loving Father. That no matter how bad we're in, situation we're in, you can pull us out. And so, Father, I just thank you for the precious people here listening to my voice, watching me. And it, perhaps you've never given Jesus lordship in your life. Well, today is a day of salvation. I want to ask you, if you're ready to receive Jesus, to pray this simple prayer. And praying this simple prayer will bring you into that abundant life that Jesus paid for you to have. Just say this out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.